Welcome to Lead, Travel, Pray. My name is Sandy Schneider, and together with Rebecca Ellis and Michelle Strike, we are excited to launch the first of our new quick hit travel podcast series. In our first series, we'll share some of our favorite in-transit travel tips. As our listeners know, we have spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about our favorite travel destinations, but today in part one of a three-part series, we'll talk about actually getting to your destination, and we'll start with tips on road trips or driving to your desired destination. Now, if I am honest with you all, driving is not my typically preferred mode of transportation. Um, For those of you who know me well, I joke that my limit on road trips is about a three-hour drive. Um, I live in Orlando, Florida right now, and it is not uncommon at all for me to hop a plane to Miami as opposed to getting in the car to drive to Miami. Um, But regardless, uh, today we are going to be focused on road trips. Some of you love them. Some of you hate them. Rebecca, Michelle, how about you guys? What are your thoughts on road trips? Love them, hate them, tolerate them? Where are you out? So I tolerate them is what I would say. My (laughs) limit is probably more like four hours. Anything over that, it seems like a big ordeal. But I would say that having lived in the Midwest now for a long time, I do have a little more openness to road trips than when I grew up on road trips as a kid because driving through Texas takes forever. You can't really get many places in three or four hours. So now I can get all kinds of places in that amount of time. So it seems more doable and um, I actually look forward to it sometimes. Nice. Well, with four hours, you've got me beat. Rebecca, how about you? (laughs) I would say the same. My tolerance is probably a little longer than four hours, but it really comes for me as a trade-off of uh, whether or not I can get there a better way, you know, train or plane, or that's really the best option. So in the Midwest, like Michelle, a lot of places, um, you just don't get easy direct flight city to city. And so if I have to connect through, for example, Chicago to go to St. Louis, then I would much rather drive the four hours than spend maybe six in flight travel. So usually that's the trade-off. But um, I also would usually weigh in as well what you can see along the way. And if it's a boring kind of cornfield after cornfield drive, then I might not be as likely to sign up for the road trip versus someplace where we can stop by some cool destinations on the way. Ah, love it. There's a whole lot of logic in that decision making for you, Rebecca, (laughs) of course. Now, regardless of our preferences for travel junkies, there is likely to be some sort of road trip in your future. And in preparation for your upcoming trip, we've assembled some of our favorite in-transit travel tips. So today, uh, we've got a few tips to share with you, starting with the group of travel tips number one around planning your route. And Rebecca, you just sort of commented on that in talking about, are there sites to see along the way? Well, you don't know that if you haven't taken the time to actually plan your route in advance. And this one is a a funny one for me. I feel like when I was younger, I did a better job of this. And I think it's due to technology that I've sort of gotten out of 
the habit of planning my route in advance. And I'm um, a little bit ashamed to admit that I have been known to get on an airplane and to land somewhere in the country and then get into a rental car and use GPS to drive somewhere and have really no idea where I'm at. Like, am I in the southern part of the state or the northern part of the state? Who knows? Because I did absolutely zero zero work to plan my route. However, uh, our, our first set of travel tips today really is around planning your route and the benefits that come with putting some effort into this before you ever get on the road. Um, so first thing to consider is to Rebecca's point, is your goal to get there as soon as possible or to embrace the scenic route? For me personally, I am more likely to choose the get there as soon as possible. How about you guys? Same. Scenic. Oh, it depends. It depends. <laughs> but And this is yes. why not only is it important for you to decide what your opinion is on this, but maybe have a conversation with your travel companions. Because if the three of us were going together and had, had different goals in mind... Uh, that could lead to some challenges on our road, road trip. True. Uh, yes. So figure out. I would say scenic based on the length, right? Like if I'm going to take an eight-hour road trip, I want a couple stops to stretch my legs, maybe a couple things to see. So with a family and flights being so expensive times four, we do opt for some longer road trips probably than desirable for many. So the scenic piece for me plays out a lot there. Love it. And I think, Rebecca, you hit on a really important point, which is consider interesting stops that you might make on the path to your final destination. And that's really your point, right, is if there's an interesting stop or two to make that really helps with the journey and it creates a great opportunity to take that more scenic route. Agreed. Now, if it was a girl's trip, for example, I'd be trying to get there as fast as possible, not wanting to uh, probably stop and smell the roses as much along the way. But that's fun. I do think it just depends. That's funny. Yeah. Last uh, summer, I was in Colorado with my girlfriend, Deborah for a, a girl's weekend. And uh, we were traveling from by car. She was driving. So I was okay with the whatever it was for four and a half hour trip. But we were driving from Colorado Springs down to southern Colorado to Pagosa Springs, where they're known for their famous hot springs. So it was a girl's trip but we did somewhat take the scenic route in terms of we didn't take a different path but we stopped along the way and the town of Pueblo is between Colorado Springs and Pagosa Springs and we had no plan per se to stop there but we found some really unique interesting um, things to see in Pueblo Colorado and um Personally, I'm not a fan of the scenic route, but that trip um, and our few surprise stops um, and unique experiences in Puebla was really worth the time, even though it was a girl's trip. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yep. So, of course, anytime you're planning a route, make sure you've got your GPS available. 
I live by my GPS. Uh, and the, the good news today with technology is that GPS can be available in so many different forms or fashion. So if you're old school and you are still using a handheld GPS where you download updated maps, good for you. Rock on. If you have long since ditched your Garmin GPS and you're now using your phone or your iPad or maybe your vehicle has its own GPS system, whatever it is, turn your GPS on. The best thing about GPS is you can't make a wrong turn. Your GPS will redirect you and you get to choose the voice, the lovely voice that's giving you directions, <laughs> which is also a lot of fun. I did learn with my mom the hard way that, however, when you're in the mountains using GPS, if you accidentally lose connection, you don't get it back right away because there is no cell phone connection there. So by not knowing at all where you're going, that can be dangerous if you are strictly dependent upon GPS. So we made sure that we carried maps with us, like physical maps with us. But in those small mountain towns, it was really hard to figure out even where we were. So I realized how <laughs> dependent I was on technology and started freaking out. <laughs> Do you guys carry maps with you anymore in your car? No. Only on those no. trips with my mom, because we tend to be out in the middle of nowhere. So we still go to AAA and get hard copy maps to plan out our routes. Nice. Very nice. I, I do recall long ago having sort of a 50 state map atlas sort of book in my car, um, but I have since ditched that and, and totally would be lost without my GPS, no doubt about it. Yes, I threw away an atlas yesterday that we hadn't used for a few years when cleaning out the garage. But I do at the um, rental counter, and I know we're going to talk about rental cars here in a minute, I do usually pick up the map that they give me if it's a completely unfamiliar place because it is just good kind of general orientation to have um, outside of mm -hmm. the phone. So I do think that there is some value to paper maps, but I, I don't carry them in my car anymore just as a rule. I absolutely agree. There's definitely value. The question is, can anybody find one in their house? <laughs> no. No. Uh, Michelle, I love the tip you had about you can get them from AAA, which is uh, certainly a wealth of helpful information. Uh, so another thing to consider when you're planning your route is, will you be traveling through any major cities during rush hour? Isn't that the worst when you haven't planned your trip and you think you're going to get there at a certain time and then you find you have hit Atlanta during rush hour. I mean, seriously, it's the worst. Um, so use GPS. They're likely to recommend a different option for you and or plan ahead and know that you are going to hit Atlanta at that time and decide that you're going to stop for something to eat or you are going to rearrange your travel plan so that you can get around the city at a different time. Yeah, it's funny you say Atlanta because that's exactly what came to mind for me in a couple lessons learned driving to Florida and back. So that one in particular yeah. sticks out. And they've got some serious rush hour traffic in Atlanta. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. be aware yes. of that. So <laughs> another thing to consider when you're planning your route, um, particularly if you're on a long distance trip, which is going to require a night stay, where will you stop for the night? 
my my sister tells a great story of a cross country track that she made in her college years, uh, driving through South Dakota, and it just happened to be during Sturgis. Uh, she was ready to stop for the night, looking for a hotel, cannot find a vacant hotel room miles around Sturgis, obviously because the big motorcycle event is happening there. Um, so think in advance. You have no idea where there might be some you know, really big event going on that you simply weren't aware of. So if you have the foresight to make a hotel reservation in advance, you know where you're headed, you know what your goal is for the day, and you've got a place to stay. But for some of you, you are not interested in making a hotel decision in advance of 10 minutes before you get to the place where you want to stop. So if that's you and you don't want to plan ahead, uh, make sure you've got some uh, cell service and use your favorite hotel app to make a reservation on the road. I actually have an additional suggestion with that that my mom has used on long road trips where they thought that they would only get to a certain place um, by you know dinner time and they were actually able to get further than that so they used the um, OnStar or whatever came in the car and called that via satellite and they canceled their hotel reservations where they were booked and booked them in the new city that they um, said okay we would like to stop in maybe an hour an hour and a half can you figure out what that will be and make a reservation and they did all of that for them for free Nice. And did you say that was an OnStar service? Yeah. So all the car services, though, do that if you pay for that program just to have that satellite available. Well, that's a fantastic tip. I actually have OnStar and did not realize that was a benefit. So yes. thanks for sharing that. Yes. So those were all some tips around planning your route before you ever get into the car. Uh, our second set of travel tips have to do with entertainment. How do you stay entertained on those long trips? And I know, Rebecca, you've got some suggestions on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, Audible and other audio books are really good options. And, um, you know, certainly if you're not the driver, you can take a traditional book along. But if you're the driver uh, and want to listen to an audiobook, there are increasingly a lot of options for that. Um, so Audible, as we mentioned, kind of connected to Amazon, gives you a lot of great uh, choices. And I think there's even a trial you can do if you want to check that out um, on, on their next trip. There totally also, is. It's a 30-minute um, yeah. A uh, 30 minute, a 30 day free 30 trial. Day. Yeah, which is great. And yeah. I actually tried that. My uh, entree into Audible was on a seven hour road trip. I already told you, right? Like I was dreading a seven hour <laughs> road trip where I was the driver um, and Audible saved my life. It provided me with something <laughs> to focus my attention on. And I did it with the 30 day trial thinking, I don't know if I'll ever use this again. And now I'm an Audible addict. <laughs> Yes, I th I like it too. And there's, you know, not just leadership and other kind of business books, but also a lot of fiction and, um, you know, comedy. So I listened to Amy Schumer while driving through Tijuana because I knew I would need some <laughs> uplifting, happy thoughts. Um, so good stuff there. And you can download it ahead of time so you don't have to be listening to it while you're connected in case you're iffy about your um, web. 
I would also suggest Libby and Overdrive. They're apps that link into your local library. So a lot of libraries are still carrying CDs and some options for audiobooks with actual hard media, but more of them than not are going online. And so you can either download from your local library's site or these apps called Libby and Overdrive, which link your library card to what your own library carries. And you can get in line, kind of be waitlisted. It'll let you know when it's ready. And then again, you can download that to your device and have that handy offline as well. So I found that to be a really great option and, of course, kind of free. I say kind of because our taxes, of course, pay for the local library, but you're not paying for an additional subscription. The same comes with movies. So there's lots of options now, lots of different apps offering movies like Amazon Prime and Netflix, where you can download those ahead of time as well, which I strongly encourage because uh, most of those require Wi-Fi. And once you get on the road, it may be a little bit harder, especially here in the U.S., to find free Wi-Fi that gives you that kind of bandwidth to download movies. So whether or not you're using like a uh, iPad or a laptop or a phone, make sure you've got kind of your movie planned and queued up before you head out. There's also some fun apps for games to play on the road. And I know my family loves to play Road Bingo. And Cracker Barrel probably even still sells these cute little boards where you can move um, little uh, windows back and forth and kind of mark off your bingo board on a little card. But there are also apps today, and those apps uh, vary where you can play a game about road signs or about the alphabet or about transportation. And um, I know recently my family was playing one of them, and it was um, a lot of fun. So... I'll put in the show notes some examples of those apps, but those are my favorite ways to stay entertained aside from the kind of car pool karaoke that you can have going on. Uh, but anyway, what, what do you guys like to do to entertain yourselves on long drives? I do. Th- hey, here's a thought. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Sandy. <laughs> here's a thought. We could download past episodes of the Lead Travel Pray podcast. That's true. This My is mom true. and I did that over Christmas. She hadn't listened to many of the podcasts, and we had a three or so hour drive. And she said, how about we listen to some of the podcasts, which was fun and just weird to hear your voice over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was good. Yes. I don't know if there's enough eye rolling that could be uh, withstood in my car with my teenager, but I like the idea for others, for sure. Yeah, it's good. I also um, rent movies online, so at least through iTunes, I know that you can rent them for $2.99, or if you want high definition, you can do it for mm-hmm. $3.99, and so that's a great alternative if you know that you're only going to need it for I don't know how long it lasts, but a while, a couple of weeks or something like that. I do that on plane and road trip sometimes, and I will um, do that to maybe binge watch um, a whole season of something. That way, if I need something to stay awake and keep my attention, that really helps, and I haven't invested that much financially. Yeah, remind me how that works, Michelle. So you have a while to actually open it, but once you start to watch it, you have to watch it within... A pretty short window, yeah. isn't it? Like 48 hours yes, or something? Yes, I think so. 
Yes. Okay, excellent. I haven't done that for a while, but that's Yeah, a good so reminder. I've done movies and TV shows that way when I'm traveling. Ah, oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, and don't forget the headphones. All right. Lots of yes. headphones. Unless everybody in your party wants to listen to the same thing. <laughs> right. uh, lots of headphones are probably a good <laughs> recommendation. So we've planned yes. our route. We've got prepared entertainment. And well, we know a girl's got to eat. So our final set of travel tips are on uh, road trip friendly food and snacks. Michelle, what thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, so I think that you can do the healthy options and the unhealthy options. I do both. I tend to have a bag of nuts that I keep with me. Maybe I'll have a little bit of fruit, but then I also have candy. That can be helpful if I'm really struggling, say, a few hours into the drive to kind of stay awake and alert. I might stop and get an iced tea and um, something sweet, but I do try to have healthier snacks so that if I'm not needing it just to stay awake. I can at least save the calories for a good meal. And I like to use Yelp and Open Table as options to check out places to eat in new cities. And Yelp has been a great way that I found some of the best restaurants that I've ever eaten at in the world by looking for restaurants that have a lot of reviews. So I tend to look for places that have over a thousand ratings that are at least four stars and I've found great local cuisine that way and a little bit off the beaten path locations but still pretty close so I'd rather save the calories for trying a new um, type of restaurant in a city or town that I've never been to Another um, thought for those traveling with kids is the last couple of summers, I've seen my mom friends have these great um, snack pack bins where they have these individual slots where they can pack a whole bunch of different types of snacks for their kids on road trips. And each kid gets their own tray or bin. And it's something that they look forward to and they put things in there that the kids wouldn't ordinarily have access to be able to eat. And it allows the kids to have something to look forward to on a car trip. So I think that that's a pretty um, unique and interesting idea. Nice. It sounds a little bit like a personalized bento box. Yes, for exactly. That's right. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and thinking, yeah, ab- I think thinking about the bento oh, box, um, Starbucks has, have you guys had this Starbucks little boxes? They're yes. called like the protein box or something. Mm-hmm. Those are great for travel. They might have a hard boiled egg, some peanut butters, um, uh, some cheese, a couple crackers, some fruit. They have some really great pre paired uh, options that you can easily grab with you and take on the road. Absolutely. I think nothing brings out the junk food junkie in us like a road trip. So <laughs> I think that's a good point, Michelle, is it's kind of a fun time to spoil uh, the, the family and allow some of those crazy empty yeah, calories. Absolutely. Thank you guys for sharing your in-transit road trip travel tips around planning your route, preparing entertainment, and bringing food or looking for great food options. Before we end today, just a brief safety message. I think for purposes of our conversation today, we've assumed that our listeners have access to a well-functioning vehicle for transportation. 
Of course, before any driving excursion, we want to encourage everyone to be sure that you've done all the basic maintenance for your car. Be sure to check your vehicle's fluids, your tire pressure, your brake system, and that all your lights are functioning. Also, don't forget to check the status of your spare tire. Growing up, I feel like it was a common experience for us to have a flat tire on a road trip. Whether it was the tire on our own vehicle or the tire on the boat trailer, I feel like there were a lot of times where we were sitting on the side of the road because of a flat tire. Uh, So make sure that you get all of those things checked out, whether you do it yourself or you take it into your favorite mechanic, make sure that you do that pre-work as well. So now that you're ready, where are you headed? Wherever you travel, we wish for you a safe road trip filled with lifelong memories. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of Lead, Travel, Pray. For those of you expert road warriors, we'd love to hear your tips for a successful road trip. You can send us your feedback and your recommendations via our website, leadtravelpray.com. We'd love to hear from you. Are you looking for more travel tips? Check out 100 Days, 100 Travel Tips, also on leadtravelpray.com. And look forward to our next episode of In Transit Travel Tips coming your way soon. <laughs>